All right, we are back with the 130th edition of the Quarantine Cast. I'm really, really excited for this one. It's someone who uh, who I've kind of idolized for a long time. I've been a huge fan of his as well as his son. Um, his his resume is endless. Um, it is obviously the legendary Ray Thompson. How are you doing? I really appreciate uh, being on. Let me serve you. Yeah, of course, man. I've been a I've been a fan for a long time, so I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, first things first, I kind of want to talk about. Uh, I've I've had fighters on, but uh, I kind of want to know what it's been like uh, throughout the pandemic for a, a gym owner and and some of the struggles that you've faced. Well, when the when the lockdown first started, you know, you know, well, let's see, it's kind of crazy for us in. September of 2018, we moved into our new facility. We built our own place. It's a little over 19,000 square feet. So we built our own place. Uh, we built up our, you know, uh, we had a good clientele, a good student base uh, to begin with, which prompted us. One of the reasons that we decided to build our own place, we've been in business in Simpsonville since September of 1983. We've been teaching classes. Stephen was just, Stephen wasn't even a year old whenever I started teaching classes in my little hometown. So we've been here a long time. We've rented for years. Well, we rented until September of uh, 2018. So we jumped into this big old project, built this new place, uh, for the first few months of first, the, the latter months of 2018 and the first few months of 2019, we worked real hard to build up our student base so that we can afford to pay for this nice, awesome facility we have. And then about, well, two or three months into 2019, blam, this stuff happens. You know, the pandemic and all this and all that. So we had to shut down pretty much. Uh, and we just started teaching our classes virtually, which we were surprised that we were able to maintain the vast majority of our students via virtual classes. So we were, we were just, we were flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> we're blessed and we made it happen. Uh, our MMA program though, we had guys in fights coming up. So <laughs> Our, our last training session of the day at our school, we start in the morning. The last one of the day is always our MMA group. And it starts at eight o'clock at night. We were fortunate enough to be able to keep those guys coming in. Those that had fights, we didn't, we didn't bring in the whole group. We have a bunch of folks that do mixed martial arts, but not all of them are competitors. Not all of them are fighting athletes. So we were able to, we, we, uh, we put our only ones we allowed in the, in the school was the guys that had fights coming up and we would come in, train those guys. And, you know, they would leave and it was, very, it was just very few of them. You know, of course we got a pretty decent sized mixed martial arts program for a little small town of Simpsonville. Uh, but, uh, and, and we even had a of course a smaller group of competitors, three, four, five guys. Yeah, I know there's a few guys there that I've I've talked to. Weston Wilson's a, a good 
good example. I've talked to him a few times, but I kind of want to talk about last month's performance. I mean, we haven't seen uh, Steven in a little while. Um, what was your thoughts on, uh, on his performance uh, as a whole and uh, kind of talk about the training camp? Cause you talked about some of the struggles uh, that you faced at the gym there. So talk about his performance and uh, as a, as a father, as well as from a coach's perspective. Well, I thought personally, I thought his performance was one of the better performances he ever had. He, uh, you know, he he trained. We trained through the through the pandemic. We he's he trains all the time. Unless he's injured, he's on the mat training. You know, he may not be in full camp mode, but he's always doing something. Uh, but the training camp for him was one of the best training camps. What really surprised us is how well our the weight cut went. Our weight cut went actually very well so that really helps when you have bad weight cuts or when you have rough weight cuts even if they're not really bad even a rough one will definitely affect you uh come fight time so we were able to do an excellent weight cut uh, excellent rehydration which allowed him to perform better uh when uh so his his performance was excellent yeah. Uh, the only injuries, really, the only real injuries that he sustained were pretty much self-inflicted. Like, for example, the headbutt, that was like a mutual, you know, mutual thing. And the injury to the, the, the thigh, it really did. He, you know, if you're looking around, I think it was round four, uh, near the end of round four, he uh, injured his right thigh just above the knee. And that's when he did that little jumping knee, hit Neil in the body, but the knee hit Neil's body, but the thigh hit Neil's elbow. So that, and that caused that big contusion, that big bruise that popped up on his thigh. He wasn't sure what happened. So when he was over in the, whenever the uh, buzzer went off, he kind of bent his knee. He thought, he saw this big mouse on his thigh. He thought it was his kneecap. He thought that was his kneecap that had popped up on his thigh. He wasn't sure. So uh, anyway, he did the little bend the knee thing and nothing happened. So he, he went back and, uh, between the fourth and fifth round, sat down on the, the stool and indicated to me that he thinks he his kneecap uh, had shifted. So I kind of moved a little bit. I knew, I knew what it was. I knew it was a bruise. I knew it wasn't his kneecap. But anyway, I said, well, you got to get out there and finish around. You got another round to go. You got two choices, win or lose. So he stepped back out there and did what he did in that fifth round. He never stands and throws. So for him to for him to stand and throw, he had to be pretty. He had to be significantly uh, hampered, or the pain had to be pretty great. So, but anyway, but the, the only injuries had was those two. He had a little scuff mark here, you know, from the jabs and stuff, but he never he never really got hurt other than those two uh, situations, mutual headbutt and then, of course, the jumping knee. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, when he when he was throwing there in the fifth, I was like, this is very unusual. It's not something that we see, see him do really ever. Yeah, um, I want to talk about uh, kind of the last time something like that happened where – um, I mean, the first thing I thought of when he started doing that was, uh oh, Anthony Pettis, right? Like the last time that he he kind of engaged a little bit was the, the knockout with Anthony Pettis. Um, from a father's perspective, 
were you worried about maybe that happening again and kind of talk about what that was like for you uh, seeing him get knocked out because that's something he had never experienced before in his career both in mma and in kickboxing well you know he's had he's had almost it was he had 76 77 fights 76 fights before he finally got knocked out 57 of those were kickboxing uh i i couldn't believe what i was seeing when he went down i was like uh what just happened? I was dumbfounded to see him down there on, on the, on the canvas, but uh, it was painful. Yeah. yeah. But you know, he's a grown man and he, he signed up for the, signed up for the job. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and I knew, okay, he'd been knocked out. I mean, I've been, I've never been knocked out, but I've seen, I've seen stars. I've, uh, I've seen it. I've, I've had my, eyes go black where you, you know, where you, it looks like you're, uh, a, you're in a big dark tunnel and very small light at the end. You know, I've, I've been there, but, uh, uh, he was, he was put to sleep and props to Pettis, you know, yeah. I, that, that was one fight. If we could run that one back or if we can do it again, that would be an awesome run back because, uh, I think it would be, uh, I think it'd be, oh, of course, I know it'd be a different outcome, but, and I think you'd see a much different effort from, uh, from Wonderboy on that. He was, he was playing the tag game for some reason. I'm, our plan wasn't to do, wasn't for him to fight the way he did yeah. in that particular fight. Our plan was for him to just, as soon as that buzzer went off, make it across the cage, lay him down in his corner, go home. But as soon as that cage closed in that first round, he started that hitting and moving, hitting and moving, tap, 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 you know, cost him. I want to talk about something that we don't, like I've never had the chance to, um, because I've never spoken to someone who's the head coach of their son. You know, it's not something you see often. Um, I mean, there's only a few examples I can think of with Habib and his dad and uh, Floyd, with his uncle. Uh, usually it doesn't work out. So kind of talk about, I guess, that relationship and how you can kind of separate it. You know, like when we're home, I'm dad. When we're in the gym, I'm coach. How do you manage to divide that? Well, you know, it's not like our relation, our father, father, son, coach, athlete relationship that you know we've got bumps and bruises and stuff sure he has ideas of things he would like to do and i have ideas of, of things i would like for him to do uh, i have to remind him every now and again that you know yeah i'm your dad but i am still your head coach yeah. you know what i'm saying uh, but not very often honestly very seldom do i have to do that uh he's uh he's uh very intelligent in the fight game and i recognize that but i also have to let him know that i recognize that you know what i'm saying yeah uh, he he's been at this all of his life he started he's he'll be 38 next month he started training martial arts when he was three years old and he's had very little to no time off the only time he's had time off is when he's injured and yeah. And he just, you know, he trains. He just, he just does. So his martial arts IQ is extremely high. At least 
at least for our standard anyway. You know, you might compare him to, I don't know. You know, there's guys out there that are light years ahead of us. But for our little world and for uh, – he, he's got a very high martial arts IQ. So, I, you know, I need to – occasionally I need to let him know that I recognize that. But whenever I, you know, have to remind him that I am still his coach – you know, he got, he, you know, he backs. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're right. You're right. He allows me to be that. Yeah. You know, I don't force it. He allows it. And, you know, I have to let him know that, okay, you know, you, you allow this to happen, which when I do that, he kind of recognizes, yeah, that is true. It works. It just works. When uh, you mentioned how he's done this his entire life. And uh, as someone who's kind of dipped my feet in several different sports, um, how do you, stay hungry like how do you i mean what what's left for him to do you know what i mean and when you do martial arts for so long and like you said it's all he ever does how do you how does he get up and go to the gym every morning and as a lifelong martial artist yourself how do you stay hungry and how do you keep coming into the gym and, and keep being passionate about it you're talking about him right about him both of him. you yeah him and yourself obviously well, he's still competing and stuff me, but for me this I don't have to stay hungry. I just love what I do. I love, I love the life. I love the lifestyle. I love the job. Uh, I don't, it's not a job. I'm retired. I, I retired. I retired 37 years ago. You know, when I started teaching martial arts full time. So for me, I mean, I'm just, I'm in hog heaven right now. Just, I get to, I get to come to the karate school. I get to hang out with some cool people. I get to boss them around all day. Make them do weird stuff, and they and they and they seem to love it. I got people that have been with me twenty years, twenty five years, still training. And I mean, I'm talking about some people other than uh, Stephen, my son. Yeah. I got people that have been with me, uh, you know, since the early 2000s still training you know what i'm saying so it's it's a blessing it's just uh you know i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this till i am so old that i already told i told wonder boy this several times i said i'm gonna do this till i'm so old that i have to old man shuffle out on the mat <laughs> little short feet shuffles you know how old guys do in their 90s or whatever I'm going to do my little, I'm going to put my uniform on and old man shuffle out to the mat, mat with my old dried up self. And I'm going to get out in the middle of the mat and I'm and Steven's going to look at me. He's going to see me coming. He's going to close his eyes and shake his head. And he's going to be thinking, oh, here he comes. And I'm going to get out in the middle of the mat and I'm going to just pee all over the place. I'm going to say, Steven, I'm going to yell, Steven, Steven, clean it up. And I'm going to shuffle back off into my office. <laughs> I'm going to just torture him. I'm going to torture him when I get so old, I can't do this anymore. Uh, that's my plan anyway. So God may come get me today, tonight. I don't know. But as it stands right now, I'm going to torture him when I get a chance. I love that. Uh, it's, it's, it's cool that you can kind of see the, uh, the relationship there, even just when you're talking about it. Um, you mentioned some people being there with you for 20 plus years. 
uh, I want to talk about some of the killers that we may not know about. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Weston Wilson. I've, I've talked to him before. Um, so obviously wonder boy is everyone knows who wonder boy is, but who are some of the secret killers there that uh, we may not be aware of? Well, I got, I got several actually. Uh, I have of course, Weston Wilson. He is a transplant from Salt Lake city, Utah to Dallas, Texas, to California. And then of course here to the US. So he's trained in a lot of different places and we're blessed to have him. He's, he's, uh, he's very knowledgeable in a lot of different fight styles, striking wise, uh, jujitsu, uh, you know, wrestling. He's had, he's trained in Brazil. He lived in Brazil for seven years or something like that as a kid. So, but, uh, you know, our striking style is so unique that it's like, it's a challenge for, for him. A lot of, a lot of folks, but, uh, Wilson, Weston Wilson's, uh, he's, he's a hot prospect. Uh, we're trying to get him on the bigger radar. You know, we, we, we got to do some things locally to, cause he's been, he's been out for a little bit. So we've got to rejuvenate his, his, uh, his record and get the word out and, and rejuvenate his presence. So that's what we're working on doing there. I got another young man who, who's this kid's a stud. He's got a hard head though. Good kid. Good heart. Good heart. His name is John Sweeney. He's got a hard head. He doesn't like to listen sometimes, but I think once he gets that squirt away and he listens to his coach better, you go, he's going to be scaring some people. He's a one thirty fiver. Uh, he's a beast, beast of a guy. I also got a girl. Her name is Anna Crutchfield. She's uh, she's a world, she's an amateur world champion kickboxer. She currently fights on the U.S. team. She's had a couple MMA fights. Uh, we kind of pushed her a little early, so she uh, got a couple of losses. Uh, but she's, we were excited. She was excited to get the fight and it just did she, we got a hold of somebody we weren't aware of of, of their skill set and uh, and uh, Anna ended up losing uh, her first two MMA fights so we backed off of her her uh, backed off of trying to get her back out on the MMA scene until we get her skill set uh, much more developed and she's she's a beast athlete she, she's not just a good kickboxer, but she's just, she's a good athlete. So Anna Crutchfield, uh, John Sweeney, uh, of course, Weston Wilson. I got a few other guys too. Uh, Wes McCracken, he's transplant from California too. So we're working with him. We got, we got a few names, but those are my three other than Steven. That so really, I want to really make, gonna, I suspect they'll make waves. Perfect. I, I like hearing about that because it, it makes me do some digging. It makes me watch some fights. So any any new prospects, I, I always like hearing about them. Um, I want, obviously, your proudest achievements are probably anything Wonderboy does. Um, and then also any, any of your students do. But I, I can't go without asking you. I mean, you've got quite the resume yourself. Multiple, multiple degrees of black belts in several different disciplines. Um, so I kind of want to touch on those, but uh, the big one is if you could only pick one, if you could erase all belts, all belts had to be stripped away from you, all titles. I mean, um, you've got 
a seventh degree black belt in Tetsushin Ryu Kempu Karate, which I can't even pronounce, but you've also represented the U.S. national team overseas. If you could only have one title, what would it be? If if I were to have if if I would have one rank, one rank, one rank, it would definitely be my Kempu Karate rank. Uh, it's it's a blend system. It has it has it's such a it's such an awesome, diverse style. I mean, I'm ranked in a lot of different systems, but my my Tetsu Shinru uh, Kempo Karate system is by far my most uh, diverse system. It's not my system. I I have I have an instructor. I have a guy that I train under, and Professor Tommy Siegler. Uh, we were childhood buddies. We grew up in the martial arts. Uh, he started before I did, and I've been training under him since the '70s. He's an awesome guy. So I'm—I actually, I'm the number two guy in his martial arts system. Uh, Tommy Siegler is Professor Tommy. Professor Siegler is the number one guy, but uh, by far it would be the Kempo Karate system. It's a—it's a blend style. It has self-defense aspects. It has uh weapons practical and classical weapons application uh it's it has it has an artistic aspect to it as well and it's it's a down and dirty system also it's very it's a very well blended system you know mar mixed martial arts systems good it's good for mixed martial arts but you learn nothing about weapons in that style it's yeah. all empty hands you know what i'm saying yeah. so it's a good it's a good empty hand system, but, uh, you know, when you're in a street situation, you don't, you don't have a clue what's coming. Yeah. It could be whatever. So that's one thing I like about my Kempo karate style. If I had one belt to pick one rank, one method to study and, and, and perfect, or just study, it would be that system. I want to ask a couple more questions and then I'll let you go. I appreciate that. Every minute I have with you, I could pick your brain for a while, but- um, I'm honored to be here, man. Just, just glad to be here. Thank you. Um, I know that, uh, I mean, when you look back, when, when you first got into the sport or when Steven first got into the sport or anyone that you've coached first got into the sport, there has to be things that you wish you could have done differently or things you could have taught differently. If you had one message for a young martial artist, whether it's someone who's, you know, six or seven or someone who's 25 and just brand new to it, what would that be? What would the message be? That would be easy. Take your time, if, especially if you're going in competitive martial arts. Take your time, develop your skill set. Don't get in a rush. Don't, I'm, you know, unless you're, if you're in your mid to late 30s, I would think twice about going to competitive martial arts. But yeah. if you're intent upon being competitive, make sure your skill sets develop. You got to have your striking, you got to have your wrestling. And of course, you got to have your jujitsu. You get, you got to get those three, and you got to develop a good base in those. Don't get too much of a hurry, you know. So that, that would be what I would tell them. Really, really seek out uh, uh, as high a possible level as you can in those three styles. Uh, one more, one more. I would, I would recommend is to make sure that whatever. Uh, gym or school or facility you train at be careful that you don't get in some place 
because there's some big gyms out there and they put out killers. Yeah. A lot of times those killers use the new guys, you know, mm. at, you know, as punching bags. So you got to be careful with that. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just the nature of the business. You got to have, you know, so be careful of, of the gym that you go to that, uh, that you don't get in there at, at our facility. We have our sparring style is really different. And our, and, and when we spar with one another, well, we spar twice a week. We don't spar much. We drill a lot, drill yeah. a lot. And our drilling is, it's fairly, it's fairly aggressive, but little to no chance of anybody really getting injured. Accidents happen. You bump heads and stuff, you know, maybe stump a toe or something, get your finger caught in the cage or something. But for the most part, uh, we drill pretty aggressively, but when it comes sparring time, we use a lot of control in our sparring. A lot of, a lot of fighters lose their chin in the gym, trying to knock each other out and all that nonsense. We don't, we don't, we don't, uh, we don't subscribe to that style of training. Yeah. I want to, uh, I'll ask you two more questions and then I promise I'll let you go. So when, when Steven came with you with the idea of, you know what, I want to do MMA. I mean, the guy was already established. He had been, he'd won many world titles in kickboxing. It's a whole new element, right? You've got wrestling, you've got jujitsu and all these other different disciplines. Now, what was your initial reaction to that? Well, I was excited about it because I knew that's where the fight sport world was going. Yeah. Headed to the mixed martial arts uh, uh, arena. I knew that was, it's such an exciting sport. It's such a blend. It's, uh, I mean, Bruce Lee was the consummate mixed martial artist yep. back in the seventies. I fought in a tournament 12 or 13 years before the first UFC, which was stand up to the ground. It was full contact. We didn't have MMA gloves. We had boxing gloves, but we would do takedowns and we would do, I mean, it was, I mean, I believe in it. Whenever I saw that there was a legit uh, attempt to put together a competitive style of martial arts where you blend striking with jujitsu, with wrestling, and you put it all together, shoot, I love that. I thought that was great. And, and, but as a kid for Steven, he couldn't start off in that. And when he was growing up, mixed martial arts was... Um, you know, it was, uh, you know, was non-existent. So we got him started in kickboxing and then he really developed and really took off of that. So near the end of his kickboxing career, essentially near the end of his kickboxing career, MMA was really coming out. You know what I'm saying? It was UFC was really growing. It was really developing. And we just came along at, a, at least I thought it was a pretty good time for him ending his kickboxing career and moving, transitioning into the mixed martial arts. And whenever he, whenever he mentioned that he wanted to go that route, I'm, I'm all for it. Cause I knew he's, he's such a talent, such a talented kid. I mean, I, I see, I see, I think I got a fairly decent eye for recognizing talent. And when he was a youngster, I could tell he was, he, he could very well be, a high level athlete and 
dang if he didn't jump right in there and took to it like fish to water and here we are here we are is is right i mean one fight arguably one fight away from from yet another title shot if he's he's had two not go his way what do you as a as a coach there's lots of matchups out there for him um, obviously, Usman, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. Which do you think would complement his style the best? Which one would you like to see? Well, for me, I would like for his next fight to be against uh, Leon Edwards, honestly. We've been calling him out for a while. Leon, you know, he's he's big shot now. So he's, he's too big for us. Yeah, I, he's running scared is what it is. But unfortunately, uh, Stephen and Leon are, are managed by the same company. Yeah. So, you know, I think that may have a little bit something to do with it as well in that, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not privy to Leon's uh, conversations with the management company. I'm not privy to that. It's none of, you know, it's none of my business. I'm, but, I suspect maybe they might be steering Leon away from Steven. Uh, I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing uh, because, you know, Leon's this close to a title shot. Steven's had two title shot attempts. He's had two shots at him. He, yeah. did, he failed both times. First one was a draw, but still was a failure. He didn't get the belt. Second one was a loss though many thought he still won, but nonetheless, history has it. He lost that fight. So Steven has had two attempts at the belt. So kind of sort it's Leon's turn next. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think maybe the management company might be steering Leon away from Steven because Steven's going to be Leon's greatest threat. Yeah, stylistically, it's a tough matchup for Leon. I mean, Wonderboy, no, no one's got better striking than Wonderboy. Yeah, I don't think. Did you see Max Holloway's fight this weekend? Oh, that was, that was unbelievable. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, okay, Max, that was awesome. You know, Steven, Steven's fight was, uh, I thought his application of his striking with his footwork and movement was – very advanced and more technical than Max Holloway. He just stepped in there and he put on a boxing clinic. He threw a few kicks and, eh, you know, okay, good. But them hands, oh my goodness. He just, he's a dog and his, his boxing was, whew, I was so excited. I had to go and throw splash cold water in my face. He was doing so good. It was amazing. It was uh, it was very good. I'll ask you one last question and then I'll let you go. Okay. I mean, obviously, Wonder Boy, his striking's elite. Max Holloway, we mentioned him. If you could, if you could name the other two top two strikers that you've seen uh, in the UFC, whether it be now or ever, which would you include in that list? Top two strikers. Top two outside of Wonder Boy and Max. Wonder Boy. Yeah. Uh, a prime. Anderson Silva, yep, a prime Anderson Silva, and right now probably wow man, Ooh, there's some there's some good ones strikers. Let's see, uh, 
probably Israel's. Israel's pretty hot right now. But I'm trying to think back. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to think back of some guys that really, that really put some good striking together. And I'm not talking just punches. I'm talking about the whole gamut. Anderson Silva's probably, you know, Stevens, Stevens, his footwork and his movement. Uh, but Anderson Silva, you, I'd have to say he, he's the king of strikers. Yeah. And, you know, I love my boy and all that. But uh, Anderson, Stevens had a chance to train with Anderson. You're talking about, you're talking about awesome, cool, and unbelievable. Cool dude, cool dude. You, he's he's one of those guys that, during the course of Stephen training with him, as before Stephen even got in UFC, Anderson Stephen was sparring with Anderson, and Anderson like a head taller than Stephen, you know. But they were sparring, and Anderson's control was amazing. Anderson could have stepped in there and just crushed him whenever he wanted to. So much bigger, so much – he was just so skilled. But he could, he could transition in the course of the, the – in the course of the round, you could tell, okay, okay, now he's boxing. And okay, now – no, now Anderson's kickboxing, old school style. Oh, now, now he's back to – now he's doing karate style. And then all, the next thing you know, he, oh, he's doing Muay Thai. You can see and distinctly distinguish between the different fight styles that Anderson used while training with Steven. It was amazing. I was like, wow. You know what I'm saying? You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Okay, now, you know, it, 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 when he's boxing, you can tell it's obviously boxing. But he would do old school, 80s, 90s style kickboxing, which is what Steven came up in what he grew up in and then next thing you know anderson doing karate he's doing karate style movements and it was wow i just couldn't believe what i was seeing it was a, it was amazing it was it was beautiful to see and at the end of the training session after after anderson was finished training with all the guys he took the guys that came in to train with him to help him get ready he took them all through a training session he he became the coach and trained all those guys on his own. That was, I thought that was, that was, uh, that was huge for me as yeah. a coach. He was, these guys came in to help Anderson get ready. He's getting ready for a fight. So he, you know, this, he would have this wrestling guy and even that jujitsu guy and all these guys were there to help him. So after his training was over, then he took all those guys, grouped them up. Okay, guys, now I'm going to train you. So, I mean, how can you, how can you not love a guy like that? I mean, he's. He, I mean, he's probably one of the nicest MFers outside of Wonder Boy <laughs> there is on this planet. If if you were going to give the 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 NMF belt to somebody other than Steven, uh, Anderson would be that guy. He's he's an amazing guy. So, but Anderson was one of my guys. Definitely, I have to put him at the top of the heap. Maybe Steven right underneath him. Uh, I'm just talking about overall skill. Just footwork, movement, striking, the whole blend. Uh, and then after him, man, I don't know. Give me some help. There's some, there's so many there's, good guys out there. I mean, there's Izzy, what Izzy's been able to do. Yerzinho looks very good outside of his loss to um, uh, Francis, who can knock anybody out. Uh, but that's just modern day. But if uh, um, Max Holloway looked unbelievable. Conor McGregor has great boxing Connor, as well. Conor's 
Connor's in. If there was a five, if there was a group of five, Connor Connor would definitely be in that group. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Anderson top of the heap number one. I'm gonna say number two for WB. Then I'm gonna say Izzy's number three. Uh, uh, I'm not talking knockout arts. I'm just talking about striking skill. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's that's how I would go with it. If it were me okay. picking the list. I, I mean, I agree with that list entirely. Um, thank you. I mean, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, it's well, an honor to, to speak with you. So thank you very much for the time. And I can't wait to see what's next with Wonderboy, with Weston, and the entire the entire team. So best of luck and uh, stay safe. Thanks. Thanks so much, Sergio. I really enjoyed it. And uh, holler at me anytime. I will. I'll be sure to do that, man. Thank you very much for the time and, and uh, best of luck with everything. Pleasure. Thank you. I like your poster in the background, though. I was going to point that out when you mentioned Bruce Lee. So, <laughs> all right, man, all the best. There we go. Ray Thompson, been a fan of his for a while, obviously, him and Wonderboy. Um, if you guys haven't yet, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, stay tuned for more videos.